Welcome to the Chronify podcast. I'm Ben Miller, and today I'm sitting down with Rebecca Brooks and Dylan Pollock. And these two have started a company that they've called Rad Coaches. They're financial coaches, and they are also husband and wife. And so I am dying to get to know more about all things financial coaching, all things running a business with your spouse. Rebecca and Dylan, welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you for having us. No, it's my pleasure. I mean, I've been I've been excited about this one, honestly, because truth be told, uh, I'd say about a year ago, I didn't know that there was such a thing as a financial coach. And it turns out it's a relatively nascent discipline. And here you guys have hung out your shingle and um, and really done a good job of, of, I think, representing what the what the profession's supposed to be all about. And so I'd love to, you know, before I toss a bunch of word salad out there, I'd love to hear kind of how would you describe what you're building at Rad Coaches? It's, it is it is a newer discipline for sure. It's an, it has been up and coming the past um, just couple of years. I like to say that financial coaching kind of became, became a thing a whole five minutes before I became a financial coach. So <laughs> it's, it's just really not been around very long. And, um, but it's been really exciting to grow with it and to see where it really is going and, and to watch it become more of a widely, um, accepted discipline in this space and to see like the role that we really do play, which is kind of within that space. We like to say before of like a financial advisor or financial planner where they're helping you manage your existing wealth. I'm helping you establish and grow that original wealth that they can then grow for you. So it's, we're really in that space of money management and the dollars and cents, the daily habits and behaviors of how you use your money so that you can get to the point of needing a, a professional to help you invest it and, you know, have estate plans and all these things. So it's, it's this precursor to all of that. Financial coaches help you create wealth while the, the planners and the advisors help you build the wealth that you've created, essentially. I and I, I really like to think of it as that we are, we focus on the foundation. When we talk about money management, it's the really basic stuff that people don't necessarily realize is important but it's, it can make a huge difference. Even if you're already building wealth or have wealth, a financial coach can help you tweak your habits and behaviors in a certain way that uh, makes you even more effective. If, you, if you've just been good at it and you think you could, there's room for improvement, there's, that's where we come into play. I love that because it seems to dovetail really nicely with, you know, with what you guys mentioned first, because yes, you get to take a first principles approach, but you also get the person when they are just kind of coming to in a financial sense. And so that's when it's most effective and also oftentimes most possible to really engender some positive behavioral change. Uh, because, you know, kind of the old saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. You know, it's it's tough when you've already got a whole lot of life behind you to jerk the wheel and suddenly change your mindset around money and change the, your habits around money and change the way you think and believe about money. But when you get people early on and they kind of don't have necessarily those same that same level of entrenchment in their current behaviors, then you can really, you know, move the needle quite a bit because when you've got plenty of life left to go, that compounding can really really take hold. Who are you, who are you mostly helping? Is it people who are fresh out of college? Is it people who are just starting out their careers, thinking about a career change? Like what's, what's the nature of it? It's all over the place, Ben. Uh, I think there's our sweet spot is people who are not just starting their career, but they've been in their career for maybe five, 10 years. Uh, and they, they're, they're making good money 
they're starting to build some momentum, but they feel as though they should be showing more for what they're up to right now. Mm. It's the, I, how does, I make this really big income, but how come I don't have anything at the end of the month? Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, I've had all this student loan debt and it's not disappearing as fast as I thought it should. That, that, that's that type of person that we work with there. Are, and then we have a huge range. We've worked with people who just got out of college and we've worked with people. Uh, uh, one of my, my clients is they're in their late forties, early fifties, and they got kids, you know, so mm-hmm. it's, there's a bit of a range. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I think that, but with all of them, there's a lot of these shared challenges, like you're saying, of how do I take this lifetime, whether it's been 18 years or 45 years, I've still got these habits and how do I start to change them? And that is extremely challenging. And that's, again, the space that we kind of live in is, you know, you could go to the financial advisor or the financial planner and they're going to say, okay, here's your annual budget. Like, this is what you got to do to hit your marks. And then you have to make that a reality. You have to say, okay, so how do I make my life match that? And that's really where we can come in and we can help you to kind of audit your habits and behaviors and say, well, what are the changes that you feel like you want to make? And now here's how you can make them. And we're those accountability partners who are going to hold you to it and say, okay, well, you know, you said you wanted to do this. How did it go? Whether it went well or not, um, why or why or why not? And then how can we be, do better next time? So mm-hmm. it's, it's all about walking them through that process of figuring out what's holding them back or what they want to do, figure out what's holding them back and then make planning accordingly. I see. I mean, it's, it's interesting because it's like people think that, you know, finance is this left brain spreadsheet exercise. It's, it's tuning knobs and tweaking things into shapes so that you can squeeze out a few more basis points or like that type of thing. But the reality is, I mean, it, what comes to mind, honestly, is I was reading a, a book on time management the other day and I was kind of surprised because the first third of the book was about vision and values. And that sounds exactly like what you're describing is that like, oh, no, 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 we we can't talk about the dollars yet until we know what those dollars are even useful for in your life. And so I love that, that focus on the why first. Um, And so I'd love to, I want to, I want to rewind a little bit and I want to hear what inspired you guys to become financial coaches in the first place? Because I think you're up to something amazing. I think you've take, you're taking the right approach and helping people who are eager and, and ready to be helped. What, what made you decide to do this crazy thing and start your own business as financial coaches? Yeah, so for us, um, you know, it all started with, of course, like the personal journey for getting in, interested in, in personal finances and financial freedom and all of that. But what made us decide that we wanted it to be our career path was, you know, just in our life outside of it, we had already known that eventually we wanted to start a business and we wanted that business to serve people. We wanted it to help others, but we just weren't really sure how. And so we were kind of looking for what that could be. And at the time we were working at a mountaineering shop, we were running a big mountaineering shop at the base of Mount Rainier. And it was at the time of a government shutdown. Mm. And during that shutdown, it was a very small town that really relied heavily on the, the traffic to the national park. And that really, really hurt our community. And the people who we, you know, we were surrounded with were struggling to get hours at their work. Their businesses were really hitting hard, including the one that we were running. But we had gotten to the point where we didn't, it, it didn't really affect us personally anymore. We weren't mm. hurt by that. And, but it, all of our staff and all these people 
uh, were really concerned about it and or it was actually hitting their pocketbooks. And that was really like the big light bulb moment for us. When, uh, around then was also the time that I think uh, it was Career Builder who put out the statistic that, you know, 78% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. And we just started to say, wow, we've really figured something out here and people are hurting like in mass. And this could be how, how we help people. And mm-hmm. so that was really what started it. I mean, I love that because so often the things that are most needed kind of come from like a, how could I not type of orientation of just like you guys were in this fortunate position where you realized like the government shutdown didn't need to hit you as, as hard as it was hitting some of the people that you were surrounded by. And so I love that because it's, it's, you know, kind of like necessities, the mother of invention sort of thing where it's like, oh, well, nobody's helping these people. Why don't we help people? So I'd love to hear more. I mean, like uh, a million things running through my head. What's it like to start a business with your spouse? Because I haven't, I haven't <laughs> spoken with a whole lot of people who have done that. And I'd love to hear, you know, like what that journey has been like for you two. Well, the interesting thing for us is that we were already, we had been working together at the mountaineering shop that Rebecca mentioned for... Mm-hmm four or five years prior to it. So we had some experience working together and we were both in operations. We shared an office together and we did, you know, we did a lot of planning and working in this company side by side. So um, we really had some experience prior to starting a business together. So maybe that's a good prerequisite. If you like (laughs) think that starting a business together with your spouse is, is a great idea, like maybe do have a job together too. Try before you buy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. That was actually a program we had at the mountaineering shop with our rental fleet. Anyways. Um, so that came with it. And I, you know, being in a relationship with somebody can make building a business absolutely great because you have someone who understands you and you, um, you communicate well already. And, but at the same time, if, forces you to communicate. So on the flip side is that because you're in a relationship, nothing is allowed to like be brushed underneath the rug, so to speak. Right. You know, it's like, Oh, I have this problem. Well, you know, I'll just, I don't really want to have a confrontation with somebody, but at the end of the day, I gotta, I gotta sleep next to Rebecca. So I got to solve this problem immediately. So it's, it's really, (laughs) yeah, it's, it's, it's great and it's difficult and it, and it seems to work for us really well because I meet a lot of people who are not, they're like, that's incredible. I really love my my wife or my husband, but I don't know if I could have a business with them. Yeah, I I would agree that it's it's just got it's it's very unique. But for better or worse, I think the coolest thing about it is the impact that it has on the communication, and because you can kind of just cut through the bullshit. <laughs> you, can cut, you can kind of just you can cut to the point you can get to the chase and you know just say like hey like you know just just hear me out here you know and and kind of not have to filter a lot of things when you're especially when you're trying to do something really challenging and you don't have to like skirt around stuff like yes of course you still have to respect your spouse but it, mm-hmm. it does allow you to just speak freely and that's yeah. really incredible to be able to do that and without worrying about the politics of it or, you know, whatever, we can just really hash out our thoughts. And that's been really, I think, an unfair advantage somewhat to, to our relationship. Totally. I mean, and I would imagine, you know, trust has to just play an enormous role in that because like as, you know, a, a fellow founder of a, a, you know, a new type of organization, trust is everything. 
especially for the first few people that you bring in. You know, you re really need to make sure that you can trust that they're going to do the right things when you're not looking and trust that they're going to relay all the information that you need and, and trust that they're going to represent the brand in the right. And, and like there are just so many different elements that go into that. But when you've got this established history, that could be a real asset. It's like, okay, well, clearly you guys trust each other. You've decided to, you know, till death do us part sort of situation like that, that sort of, it's, uh, I guess it's, it's a high variance proposition, but when it works, man, is it a thing of beauty? Yeah. I mean, I, I would like to say that, I mean, I can't imagine like having started my first business, especially with anybody else. You know, because we just, we are able to lean on each other in so many ways. And like, we know that like the entrepreneurial journey is so unique in and of itself. Right. But so when you're in the trenches with each other and you can really just say like, yo, I get it. Like, you know, we're just ordering pizza tonight, you know, <laughs> it just is what it is. you know, like it's just, it's, it, that's, it is a boom. It's a true boom. And I have to say, um, from my point of view, like Rebecca's smarter than me. So teaming up with Rebecca is always a bright move on my, from my opinion. <laughs> So that that works in my favor is being around people who are smarter than me, including my wife. <laughs> Rebecca, any comment on that? Yeah. Um, thank you. That's very <laughs> and that's a nice way of saying, yes, I'm smarter than him. What am and I I'm supposed to do? Why? And, well, and I'm okay with it, right? Well, we just said we're good at communicating and so this is here we are. <laughs> I love it. I love, I mean, well, you guys clearly, I mean, having listened to your podcast too, you guys clearly have such an effective way of communicating with each other that it really comes out that like when one of you, you know, in the rare instance, when one of you is like made most of a point, but not quite gotten it there, then the other one's able to come in and slam dunk, you know, like that it's, it's like an alley-oop type of situation where you kind of get the best of all worlds. You know, you get this, you get this great relationship and at the same time get to build a, a business that's changing people's lives and you get to work with each other and share in the wins and, and that type of thing. Like it's, I don't know, it seems like it's the type of thing that um, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are, are have, have reason to be quite envious of that you, that you have this, um, this life that you can live truly truly together in every respect, which is, uh, which is a, a really cool thing that you guys have been able to build with that in mind, you know, obviously you guys are joined at the hip, you know, in, in a lot of ways. And so I'm curious to know, like when a new client comes in for coaching or that type of thing, how do you decide who's going to coach that person between you two? Is it a joint effort? Is, do you sometimes pass clients back and forth? How does that work? That's a really good question. And it did take a lot of thought in how we would figure that out. And what first and first and foremost, when people book like their discovery calls with us, mm -hmm. we let them choose. And so they can indicate if they've connected more with myself or with Dylan via our social media presence or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we do put that ball in their court. Then um, it can, you know, kind of come down to, okay, well, you know, this works better for my calendar. So I'll, I'll talk to this person um, or based off of what they're trying to accomplish. So mm -hmm. if they're entrepreneurial, I do tend to take those clients more so. Um, but really, we'll just sit down and talk to them and say, what are you looking to achieve and what's going on? And if it doesn't feel like it's the right fit for whoever ended up meeting with them, we'll say, hey, you know, I think that you actually might really like talking to Dylan. Because, mm -hmm. And here's why. And so let's, let's set up a time for you to, to chat with him because I think you're a great fit for what we're doing, but you might connect a little bit better 
with him, you know, mm-hmm. and, and see how they feel about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, and that's happened more than once where we've, we've realized, you know, in the middle of a, a discovery call with somebody that, you know what, this is not the right person for me. Let me, let me grab Rebecca. She might be available or let's schedule a time for Rebecca to sit down with you. And then I think another way that we've, you know, if someone doesn't have a preference, cause we give them the option work with me, Rebecca, or if you just don't have a preference, you know, sometimes it just comes down to, it's like, it's a single guy. Like I'm just going to connect with a single guy better than I am the single lady. And Rebecca's going to connect with her better than I would. And we've learned this through some personal experience of coaching, but you know, those, it's where you got to play to your strengths. It's, you know, and so that's, that's one of the things we like to do as well as just know, like Rebecca said, in just a couple of different ways, we know that we're going to play to our strengths when it comes to entrepreneurship or to certain situations, or even just like single guy, single lady. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I mean, a woman's going to feel more comfortable talking to me about the fact that she's got to go get her annual doctor's visits or this and that, right. She's going to talk to me about those things that she has going on. Um, way more comfortably than she's going to talk to a, a guy about it, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I'm going to catch things like that, like, Hey, that's mm-hmm. missing, you know? Mm-hmm. And you know, so it's, it just, it helps improve their experience as well. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you guys can really complement each other in a way that, you know, if you're setting up this solo practitioner shop, there could be blind spots and, you know, you can try your best to mitigate them, but honestly having this kind of well-rounded approach, I think, cures a lot of ills because you're able to, you know, for example, I mean, that's a, that's a perfect example. That's not something that would come to my mind in, in a, in a, you know, a coaching context because I've never been that person. And so it's, it's, uh, it can be difficult to, to even know you have blind spots until you, until you discover kind of the hard way. How did you guys become, I I mean, I know I'm bouncing around a little bit here. I'd love to know how you became financial coaches like, well, I guess specifically, you know, you, you told us about how you, how you became financial coaches and why, given your background in the outdoor industry and the government shutdown in particular, I'd love to know kind of what, um, what, if anything, you carried from the outdoor industry, you know, apart from that experience. Cause that's a, you know, most people don't think like, oh yeah, they sold mountaineering equipment and now <laughs> they're financial coaches, you know, like the through line there, I get it in terms of your, in your individual story, but like what, what lessons from that prior chapter have you carried forward into this practice? For me, I think the the biggest thing that I really, I think I pull from that is really just the irreverence and like that rebellious streak that I think we really have in that space of, you know, I, we're hyper committed to freedom and living life on our terms. Mm. And that was really, I think the biggest, the biggest thing for me is, was, um, taking that and and spilling that into how I show up as a financial coach and um, gives me a a little bit of, I don't know, a little bit of uniqueness, I suppose, um, in how I, how I approach things that, because that's how in, in, I put everything almost through that filter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I would say, yeah, that's almost our, our advantage in Mm -hmm. the financial community is the fact that we weren't, we didn't go to school for this and we didn't get indoctrinated with a specific way of getting things done. You know, there's the, it's like learning how to market in college and then going out into the real world and actually applying the concepts. Like we only learned by doing, not by reading books and studying and understanding tables and theories and all that. So we come at it from a totally different aspect where like Rebecca said, 
are we value our time, which I know is a really big aspect with you and you totally agree with that. Like mm-hmm. we value how we spend our time. And so, I mean, we, I've been known to quit jobs and do tra- cross country rock climbing trips more than once in my life. Um, <laughs> you know, I value living opposed to just earning money for the sake of earning money. And I, I've actually, I've know how to live off of very little so I can make that money go even further. And mm-hmm. that's a, a bit of a pride moment or a bit of pride at, at times in my life as well. But I think oh, that's especially also- in the outdoor industry. Yeah. Like yeah. if you're a dirt bag, that's a badge of honor. Like- <laughs> oh yeah. A dirt, bag, a dirt bag is a term of endearment. You know, there's guys outside <laughs> of your place is. in Fort Collins, Colorado, who are living in the back of their vans and yep. skiing all winter and rock climbing during the summer. And everybody's like, you know, in the outdoor community is like, how do we get there? How do we get right. there? <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I mean, and that, that fierce independence, I think, is, is actually a really nice through line. Because when you have that one thing, that one thing that you really are passionate about, that if, if money were no object, that you know what you'd go and do, then you, can, you have a chance almost to, to prove to yourself, like, okay, well, how can I actually make that a reality? And you have a chance to get creative. And it doesn't have to be like ketchup and white rice, three meals a day type of thing. But you can really, you know, if you prove to yourself that you can live on very little, that's kind of a superpower. Like that just opens up so many doors. And I'm not, I'm not, you know, jumping on the fire bandwagon necessarily and saying like you gut your expenses to the bone. You know, there are, there are some things that are nice indulgences mm-hmm. to have. And I know for you guys, you know, travel is a big one of those having spoken with you guys before the, the other thing is though, like when you, when you think about that, like you have a chance when you've proven to yourself that you can live on very little, you have a chance to opt in to all these other things. You can do this kind of like zero based budgeting and, and, and realize that like, okay, well, I don't have to have the cable bill. I don't have to have this, that, and the other thing I can start from what's really important to me and then add stuff on from there rather than what does the average person do and then maybe tweak around the margins. Well, I think you nailed financial coaching, at least our style of financial coaching, like you pinpointed it just on it's, it's about your values. It's about what you want and what do you want to prioritize most and put in the forefront of your life? Because so many times people just kind of get caught up with the, the classic keeping up with the Joneses, or they just, they do things because they think they should, or, you know, I started this habit a long time ago and I never really reevaluated after five years, if it's really adding any value to my life anymore. And we come in and help kind of shake things up a little bit and, and have that outside perspective. So that, uh, you can, you can reevaluate and look at your life again and say, Oh, that, that is important. Or, you know what? it isn't very important. And I, I need to readjust. I got, I got a little carry away over here and I need to start going back to these things I really care about in this other direction. Yeah. I think too, that that's one thing that people really get concerned about when they think about someone looking at their finances and it's, you know, it's not just a spreadsheet. I'm going to tell you things about what I see here, you know? And so people get really concerned about the fact that, you know, maybe I'm just going to tell you to gut everything. And people will like, before I even say anything, they're like, well, I don't have to do that. I I can, you know, cut back here. And like, they're slashing and burning way more than I am, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Hey, hold on, hold on. Like, let's, let's really just talk about where things are going and what your life really looks like. And we're going to make you're going to come up with the ideas of what we do, but I'm not going to say cut up your credit cards. I'm not going to say gut your expenses. We're going to take a really realistic approach that um, keeps your value of your life and your, your values in, in always in mind. 
Um, but that's a really big thing that I think people get really concerned about is that you're just like, oh, you're like hyper minimalist and whatever. And it's like, well, yeah, that's how I live my life. But that's not what I'm going to tell you you have to do to be Go successful. Ahead. It's about balance. You know, it's just it's figuring out how much can I put over towards my goals and how can I also enjoy life at the same time? And for example, we spent 18 months getting out of 40 something thousand dollars worth of debt. During that same mm. time period, we paid for our own wedding cash. We matched dollar for dollar that we put towards our wedding, towards our honeymoon. And we traveled oh, yeah. during the 18 months for about <laughs> six months. So like, it wasn't like wow. we we're the Dave Ramsey, you know, take the gazelle like intensity and don't see an inside of the restaurant unless you're working. And it was like, nah, we're gonna, we're gonna enjoy certain things. Maybe we could have gotten out in 12 months, but you know what? I had a lot of fun in those 18 months. Some of the best months of my life, you know? I, I love it. I mean, and there's the, there's a, a wonderful kind of, uh, I don't know, a wonderful dovetailing that's happening there with what you mentioned a minute ago about like forging your own path, because the fact that you aren't shackled to these like, um, you know, specific credentials or like, oh, we studied all our lives to do this thing. And, and now we know it's done a certain way. We've got this, you know, potentially narrow minded approach. The fact that you guys have forged your own path really lets you appreciate in a way that others might struggle to that one size fits all just doesn't work. You know, it's just not something that's going to be uh, something that that anybody can put on and go, yep, this is for me, this is the right way to go. One thing that's really strikes me, you know, having having listened to your podcast, which is great, I recommend people check it out. It's the rad coaches, rad coaches, rad money. What's rad the money. what's the time? Rad money. That's the one. Yeah. And I was just listening to an episode today at the gym. And, and one of the things you guys do really well, is that you guys dive into nuance, where I think most people in a personal finance content creation uh, type of lens, they oftentimes go with this like, overly simplistic hot take of like, okay, here's what you got to do. This is the way it's going to work. And and just like, here's my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. Whereas you guys, you know, one of the things, especially as it relates to the way that you guys kind of bounce off of each other, you're quick to realize that like, here's what we think in many cases, but actually there's also this over here. And you need to be aware of the fact that not everybody's wired the same way. You need to be aware of the fact that it's going to be necessary for different people to look at things with a different lens attached to them. And Rebecca, you just mentioned, you know, looking with this, uh, you know, kind of person over your shoulder at like at your expenses and things and people are already kind of self-flagellating and going, oh, well, we can cut this, we can do that. Like kind of, you know, getting into this uh, almost almost ashamed of themselves sort of mode. And you have a chance to just go, wait a second. You don't have to beat yourself up. Let's take a, let's take a look at this. I'm not judging you. You know, I live my white life one way, you live your life another. And that doesn't mean either of us is right or wrong. Like I love that. I love that nuanced approach, but it doesn't necessarily lend itself well to like the way that people consume information these days. So how have you found that? As you have, you know, brought this distinct offering to market, the subject of nuance, I think, is one that you guys really excel at and shine in where others have just gone, not going to deal with that. It's too complicated. You know, I can't get it across in 140 characters. And so I give up, you know, how do you guys do that? Uh, it's challenging. It's mm -hmm. it, there's no other. I mean, it, it just is. And I think that's why with social media in particular, we, we tried that for a little while, but that we found that very frustrating because we understand the nuances so much that we felt like it was 
um, unfair to consumers and listeners or our audience to try to put something that is so complex into a 30 second reel. And I would catch myself like looking at other creators and not judging them, but just being like, that's not the full story. Mm -hmm. And if somebody takes that and they run with that, they could really get themselves in a pickle and, or just feel bad about themselves or, you know, whatever. And Mm -hmm. so we, it took a long time. I think that the podcast, I'm glad you're enjoying it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's why we're excited about it is because we found that 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 long form allows us to be more honest about what, what life really is and how this actually looks as you figure it out for yourself, because it's not, it's just not black and white. Um, Mm -hmm. and then I think that also the nuance is also where it's interesting. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I think we've, we've all heard this advice again and again and again and again. And so when it's just this cookie cutter stuff that a, it doesn't apply to everybody, but B it's old and it's not interesting. And so I would get bored listening to myself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, So it's been, it's been a matter of like trying to make it quality, but also make it enjoyable to create. So I wrote down a note, simplicity isn't always helpful. Right. Like think about Mm. the advice that you get if you were thinking about losing weight. All you got to do is have a calorie deficit. Well, that's really like great and all. But how useful is that? You know, that's the same thing if I just said, well, if you want to invest more money, you got to spend less than you make. Mm -hmm. Well, that's overly. Done. Yeah. It's overly overly (laughs) simplified. You know, it's like when it's overly simplified, it actually, I think it detracts people and they lose interest in it because if it was that easy, no one would need the advice anyways, mm-hmm. you know, and it's way more complicated than that. I think um, it's also demoralizing to your yeah. point it is if it, it's so oversimplified, but yet I'm failing. Right. That hurts. Like that cuts mm-hmm. deep. And then, and then that discourages you from trying and figuring out how to be more successful at it. So we see a lot that that really discourages people and has the opposite effect. And you think you're helping by simplifying it, but you're actually making people feel less than, and they're Mm. not doing what they need to really do. I think that's a really, a really important point is when you make it sound so simple that only an idiot could drop the ball, (laughs) then all of a sudden people are just like, either I have to stop listening to this or I'm admitting that I'm an idiot. And so it's, it's just like you put people in a really uncomfortable bind, but when you're, when you're open and welcoming enough to go, listen, everybody's at a different spot and that's okay. Everybody starts somewhere differently, but we're going to stand beside you and walk beside you as you continue to just get better, whatever, whatever better means for you. While at the same time, calling a spade a spade and being willing to walk people through the fact that like, listen, you know, just because we're meeting you where you are, doesn't mean it's kid gloves time. It means we're going to dig into this together. You're going to have a teammate as you figure this out, um, but figure it out, we must. And so it's, 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 a, it's a difficult balance to strike that I think you guys have a really artful way of striking where you, you, you're open enough to embrace the nuance, but directive enough to go like, okay, here are some tools we can bring to bear. Uh, Once we know what your values are, we can help you get towards them. Well, let's go here. There's a lot of, um, a lot of different two word titles where the first word is financial. 
um, you know, their coaches, therapists, planners, advisors, you mentioned, you know, the distinction from advisors and potentially planners as well earlier on and saying that like, look, you know, the way that I translate it, cause I'm a total dork is like, you're helping people get from liftoff to escape velocity. Whereas like, you know, the typical planner advisor overgeneralizing a bit, but the typical planner advisor is taking people who have already reached it and gone like, and going like, okay, how can we optimize this? How can we cut taxes? How can we, you know, make sure that we we keep as much of this money as possible and invest as much as we can in the future? When you think about like, you know, you had you had this option when you were getting into this financial space of like pursuing credentials to, you know, to go and become a planner or an advisor or that type of thing, or likewise to become a therapist. And ultimately you decided like none of those, none of those buckets really fit. Tell me what it is about coaching in particular that made it so that it was like, yes, this is where we want to play. This is what we want to be, you know, striving towards for this, for this segment of our lives. Well, I think it's, it has to do with freedom. Yeah. In the pursuit of this particular field, there's a lot of flexibility and freedom that financial coaches have. And sure, there's, I could list off a bunch of things I can't talk about, but mm -hmm. I can talk about a lot of things because I'm not specifically held to a certain standard. I get to create mm -hmm. my own standards. I get to create my own curriculum. I get to create my own, own transformation for my clients, which is really cool. Um, and I even, when we were getting started, I, you know, like any person who's starting a business, you're like, well, maybe I need a little extra capital and maybe I should get a, a part-time job. And I, and I even had some, I reached out to some financial advising firms and thought to myself, you know, like maybe I'll get a little bit of work there, but I realized how restrictive it would be for me and the work that I want to do. So okay. I, I just see it as a lot of, a lot of freedom. Mm -hmm. and, and that's why we're in this, this particular playing field. Mm hmm yeah, I think that being able to it, you kind of get to play in uh, your own in your own space for sure with the financial coaching because it is so new and it's it's not really regulated right now, honestly. Um, it needs it more so, I think, but it's not. And um, and so that does allow a lot of freedom, a lot of creativity in how you serve people. And um, yes, there are things that we 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 stay in our lanes. You know, we honor the fact that, yeah, we don't have these credentials that, you know, we don't want to manage your investments. I don't want to play that game. I, you know, I'm really more about the mindset, the habits and the behaviors, but also the thing is about, then you look at the side of, of okay, well, then you could have gone therapist. Sure. But when you go therapist, I can't create a snowball with you, create a debt a budget with you. I can't show you how to master your cash flow. I can't say, Hey, you need to go talk to your accountant about this. You need to ask them this specifically. You need to go talk to your CPA and say, Hey, but what about this? Like that you don't really get to play that role, um, mm. that we get to play in how we've chosen to serve our clients. Mm -hmm. And that to me is, is really, really fun to just kind of bring all of these things together and to help them have this really holistic view, but also give them step-by-step action plans so that mm -hmm. they can go and, and, and make progress with. And, you know, sure, we do journal prompts and stuff like that mm -hmm. for them too, depending on what they're working on. But it's, it's really where the rubber meets the road. That's really where we knew we needed to be.
I see. I mean, flexibility seems to be a huge deal. Like basically you guys, you guys can go where the fire is and just say, okay, this is where we need to play. This is the exercise that we need to go through with this person at this time. And really just make sure that you're, you're being for them what they need you to be. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm curious, you know, and and it's interesting because, you know, running, running kind of parallel races as we are, um, you know, albeit in, in slightly different domains, it's tricky to say, Hey, you got a money problem? Why don't you come give me some of your money and I'll help you with it? You know, like how do you guys handle that? Because it's it's very difficult in financial spaces to to effect, effectively communicate your value proposition. You know, and and I I for one love what you guys are doing and think it's crazy worth it, but so many people have a difficult time getting over that hump of going like, "Well, wait a second, I thought money was my problem and now I'm going to go, I'm being asked to go part with more of it. How do you guys square that circle? Oh, I've been thinking about this recently a lot. So, uh, I'll, I'll take this one. So <laughs> if you were, if you're willing to invest, you know, 10% of your paycheck into the stock market to see future returns into the future, um, you know, wouldn't you be willing to invest two to $3,000 so that you could invest more money? throughout your entire mm. life. But I, you, like we just, we've mentioned earlier, we help you build a foundation. And if you mm-hmm. start this at 25 years old, who knows what would happen to that person over the next 50 years of their life if they chose to get serious with their finances and hired a coach in the process. Because right. it sure, it sounds like a lot of money up front, especially if you're just getting started. And if we just reduce this down to the the financial value itself. It's an investment in yourself so that you can make the most of your money throughout the rest of your money-making career. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a lot, but Mm -hmm. when, especially when, when folks are grappling with that in particular, like, so you're telling me I got to pay money to be better at money. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I am. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. here's, but the reason why is, is because that, I'm going to help you get to all these different levels in your journey so much faster than if you're fumbling around in the dark. And what that turns into, as you well know, is money. That All of that yes. time is money. And so the longer that you take to try to figure it out by yourself, sure, you could read all the books. How's that going? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so you kind of, you have to be realistic with people and, and say like, yes, I totally understand what you're saying. But doing it on your own has its own challenges and its own price tag. And, mm-hmm. you know, but if you if you walk with me and you mm-hmm. and you come spend a couple months with me, you're not going to recognize who you are and you are going to be on a completely different path than what you're headed on, you know, what, what you're on today. And for some people, that's like, okay, I get it. You know, and other other people, they, they don't and they have to get there on their own time. But mm-hmm. um, it's it really like I, we didn't have coaches when we were doing it. And, you know, I'm constantly just like, you, you try not to have regrets, right? But you're just like, oh man, if I knew what I know now, yep, like, yep. <laughs> if I knew what I know now, I would be in a completely different space, you know? Right. And, and so, and so it's fun because now I just get joy out of sharing the things I wish I knew with my current clients and be like, right. oh, if I was 25, 
yeah like, <laughs> i'd be like take my money please show me the way <laughs> i mean it's it's so it's fascinating because people have these things uh, people, people, you know, you outsource so much in your life. You outsource, you know, grocery delivery. You outsource whoever's going to mow the lawn. Some, you know, like there, there are so many, so many things that we go. Yeah, that's not my problem. And then when it comes to, or I don't want that to be my problem. And then when it comes to things that matter most, that can most move the needle in terms of your future, people, most people go like, yeah, you know what? I think I'm just going to wing this, uh, <laughs> and it's just like. It's it's kind of missing for the missing the forest for the trees. You know, I see that I see what you're doing as largely akin to, you know, like a personal trainer where it's like someone goes like, oh, yeah, sure. I could get a personal trainer, but it would cost me money. And then, you know, I just I don't know if I have the flexibility or the time or like that type of thing. And then you look at them six months from now and you go like, oh, OK, so you didn't have the time or the money. Now, where are you? You're at the same place where you were six months ago. Oftentimes, some people can pull themselves up by their own bootstraps and that's wonderful, more power to them. But for most people, if it's not your primary, you know, people have jobs and lives and kids and things like that. So many things that can jerk the wheel that having somebody who's going to take a specific domain and really partner with you to become somebody, to help you become, as you put it, Rebecca, a different version of yourself six months from now without saying like, oh yeah, that person six months ago, he was an idiot. I hate that guy. Like, no, it's, it's not about hating your past self. It's about going like, I know I can be better. What resources do I need to bring to bear to make that happen? So yeah. I know we're running up on our, a lot of time here. And so I want to make sure that we're, that we stay, um, or that we give you guys a chance to, to say what I want, what I want you guys to be able to tell us. So first, <laughs> last question, uh, you know, last question before the, the typical end of show type of questions. I want to know, like pure and simple, what do most people get wrong about personal finance? So in my experience, they think that it's, they just think it's personal. Um, they think that they shouldn't talk about it. They think that it's mm. their problem and they think that they should be able to figure it out on their own. And I think that that's unfair uh, because of, like you said, we've just got so many things going on in our lives. Personal finance gets more complicated every single day. Like, what is Bitcoin? What is that? You know, like just, just so many different things that we have that people come to us with those questions and, and it's, it's just very complicated. And so when you think that it's personal and you should be able to navigate yourself, navigate it on your own, I've made a full-time job of this and I still have things to learn. So right. don't put that on yourself. Um, you know, even if it's just having conversations with your friends and family, um, don't bear the burden by yourself. Like, there are resources out there and the more you talk about them, the more you can find those resources um, and the more open you are and honest you are with um, where you're at and what you want to accomplish, the better you're going to do. I would say I love what Rebecca said. I think that's really great. I have a different thought though, is that I see a lot of people that come to us and they want the silver bullet solution. Like, Oh man, if I just invested more money, it would mm -hmm. be, my life would be so much easier or so much better. But when they start to work with us and we build that foundation and those solid set of skills and all of a sudden they're confident in their cash flow and they know that they have enough money in the bank to cover things, that actually eliminates so much more stress and makes them feel way more confident than if they just took the money and invested it. Just mm -hmm. understanding these like really basic things that people kind of just, they, they skip and they don't value, but they're so important to the financial journey. Like understanding your, your budgeting, you know, everybody hates the B word, 
but mm -hmm. understanding where your money's going and spending it properly, it's going to make you feel a lot better in the long run. And then, mm -hmm. then over time, you don't have to budget. I mean, I'll be the first to say that like it gets a lot easier and you know how you're spending your money, but you have to understand, have to understand yourself before you can just kind of go on autopilot too. Yeah. I love it. All right. Well, before we hang up here, where can people find more of you guys? You know, the podcast, the, the website, the coaching, where can people find you? Yeah. So uh, the podcast is, like we said, Rad Money, and we'd love it if you'd check it out. Uh, the, our website is radcoaches.com, and we're Rad Coaches on pretty much everything but our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's all where we're, we're spending most of our time nowadays, too, is either the podcast or email list. We've really kind of social media just seems like a toxic, deep, dark hole. And uh, we don't want to add to you scrolling and wasting your life. So if you want good financial information, we're biased. We think we're pretty good at it. So I've got a, I've got a pretty Spartan podcast consumption myself and, and you guys made the subscription cut. And so I'll vouch for it. Like, thank this you. Is, thank this you. is stuff that's worth listening to. Um, so, I mean, guys, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm sure our audience is going to get a ton out of having listened to you guys. And, and I would really, really encourage people to, you know, check you guys out, learn more because, uh, these guys know what they're doing and, um, I'm thrilled to have had the chance to speak with them. So thank you guys. Thanks for thank having you, ben. us, Ben. Good to see you. Thanks a lot for listening. If you'd like to learn more about how to make the most of your limited and valuable time, head on over to chronify.com. We'd love to help you out.